Now on Radio Italia Uno. It's time for Happy Business Radio with Peter Salerno. An hour where we have lots of fun with very interesting guests. We talk about how to start, build, and increase your business. Right now, on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Hello, hello, hello. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. And the reason why we say good afternoon and good night is because we are coming live from Adelaide, Mondays, 2 till 3, every Monday. But we are podcasted on Radio Italia Uno and uh, Podcast City, and uh, people can hear us all around the world. And thank you to all those people around the world listening to us at the moment in your own local time. Thank you to everybody here in Adelaide and around Australia that are listening to us every Monday from 2 till 3 on Radio Italia Uno. Look, this week has been a real, very, very interesting week. We've had uh, an interesting month, unfortunately. Lots of things around the world have changed. Lots of things are, uh, you know, happening. Uh, Russia's being uh, Russian. Kiev is being attacked. We've had people um, in Australia uh, dying in floods. We've had people uh, going through major, major events. But overall, overall... We've got to say that we're coming out pretty well. You know, after all this COVID, after all the restrictions, there are people all around the world that are sending me messages and saying how um, listening to something on our show has helped them to decide to do something. And it's really, really interesting that I did get some emails. The other day, I got a message from a chap in Nepal who I've never met before, obviously, but he um, knows somebody who... Uh, had been listening to the podcast and uh, asked him to listen to it. And he was so impressed. He said that uh, immediately he called his friend and said, what are you actually doing about it? And the guy said, what do you mean? He said, well, you've been listening to this podcast for uh, a while. So what part of it are you using? And the guy said, that's an interesting question. And he said, well, he's changed so many things in his own uh, life. He said that uh, this is like a mentorship that he's, he's like reading a book every week. He said he always comes up with something new. And there's a guy in um, Singapore who um, regular sends me messages. And uh, he said that he's been teaching the people in his area about this thing. And, it, and it, the, the family get together. He talks about stuff that we talk about on the radio and they say they all listen like it's almost like storytelling time he says it reminds him of when he was a boy that they used to sit around the circle and tell stories he said this is what his grandchildren are doing now you know they're sitting around listening to him talk about stuff like that and he's got students that were coming to Adelaide and um, because of COVID have, have been stuck up there and not been able to come back but they have started listening to the program and they are already starting to think like business people. You know, they're starting to think like when they graduate, what are they going to do? Where previously people graduated and then started looking for jobs, you see. So now by listening to this podcast, and I really think that's a, a really good thing. So I, I just wanted to share that with everybody. But thank you. And I, I won't go on with all the other messages, but there were a lot of messages over the last couple of weeks that people have said how, it was so important, the planning that we talked about, they just didn't realise how much planning is important, you know. And we talked about, we had a planner in here and we talked about building a house and we talked about you wouldn't start building a house unless you had it all planned and you've got to get it approved by council or local government authorities. Now, in your life, in your business, whoever approves your plan? Who do you share it with? You know, people don't share their plans and that's the big problem, you know, and Look, just this evening, I was talking to somebody. They're going to do a podcast. They're going to do something. And they said, I oh, will just do it and see how it works. I said, what's wrong with you? I said, why don't you just ask somebody who knows? You know, my thing is I always say, ask somebody, ask somebody. You know, if you, if you don't know something, just ask somebody. But it's not about asking somebody. It, you've got to take it one step further. You've got to ask somebody who knows, you know. And, and, and there's no use going to... I don't know, go to a vet to ask about a problem that you have with your heart, you know, or a problem you have with some other part of your body. You've got to talk to a specialist who does that part of the body. Or a mechanic, you know, you've got to talk to a mechanic who knows how to work on cars today, you know. But look, today I have a very special guest in the studio with me here, and it's amazing. I've had the pleasure of working with this chap for a few weeks now, and, 
you know, sometimes you, you meet somebody and you immediately know you don't like them. And some people, you meet them and immediately know, wow, this guy's interesting. Mark Bott is with me today. So, Mark, welcome to the studio. Thank you for coming in. Thank you for having me. Look, it's been a, it's been a pleasure working with you, Mark. And, uh, and, and this week, you've finished your part of the project, so you'll be leaving that particular... Uh, organization to go and work on many many other things that you've got yes and like I said you've got over two years work lined up <laughs> so you know there's not many people it today that can say they've got over two years of work lined up so you must be doing something right yes it comes back to over commitment and learning to say no <laughs> uh, well you obviously haven't learned to say no because you've got that much work lined up <laughs> but mark let me just start you know, I, I just, by talking to you and, and getting some information about what you've been doing, ever since you were a young boy, you've been entrepreneurial. You've been out there doing things. Yes, it really came back to, at a young age, I decided that I wanted to work for myself and I'd have to learn by having the hard knocks and making the mistakes. And I always considered that mistakes are a learning curve. So there's nothing wrong with doing it wrong the first time as long as you learn from that. Yeah, that's true. You know, if you do it wrong twice or three times, then that's when it's bad. How old were you when you started delivering papers? Uh, eight, nine years old. Eight or nine years old. See, this is what I'm talking about. A lot of people think, oh, you know, they, they always look at the mum, like we say, the bank of mum and dad. You know, they expect pocket money. They expect this or whatever. But unfortunately, when we were kids, a lot of families didn't have pocket money. Well, I, I did the opposite. I, I earned about 90 cents a, a week and paid 20, 30 cents board out of that money. Oh, wow. <laughs> so you, you went to work and paid mum? Well, I was from a large family. Yeah. There's, there's eight children in the family mm -hmm. and we made do, made it work. Now looking back on it, we lived on stale food, we made ends meet and we made our own fun. Yep. That's the thing, you know. And, and the fact is today, very few people have that thing of getting, especially a seven, eight, nine-year-old kid, they wouldn't think of letting them go to work. They call it slave labour. Yes, but I think it's it, for survival you do what you have to do. It builds up certain character, doesn't it? It builds up, like I say, when, you're, when you start a business that age or you work with your parents in a business and you help them. There's some people who've got family businesses and they get the children to help with some of the stuff there, that gives them good character, good grounding, you know. Now, the other thing I noticed, uh, after that, you like after school, you, you went and did an apprenticeship and you became a mechanic? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Now, you were saying how just so many funny stories of people in that happened in the mechanic workshop. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, one mechanic couldn't help himself. He'd, he'd look through the glove box and the, the, the boot of cars and... When the zip start lawnmowers came out, they were a, a quick start lawnmower. He just pulled the handle and the lawnmower started in the boot of the car. <laughs> uh, that would have wrecked a few things. <laughs> yes, I think sometimes if customers knew what happened behind the scenes, they'd probably never take their cars to a garage. Yeah. Well, the funny thing about it, you said also uh, what somebody drove into the into the workshop and then somebody came in and just picked the car up and put it on a lift or something. What, tell us what no, happened. Th there were always 40 or 50 cars in the street that we were working on mm -hmm. that were booked in and the mechanic just went across the street, jumped in a car, the keys were in the car, put it on the hoist, started servicing the car, dropped the oil and the boss came in and said, what are you doing? He said, I'm servicing the car. He said, it's not booked in, it's not one of ours. <laughs> and and I, it... Look, when you consider the magnitude of work that was going through, it was probably only half a percent of problems that were incurred and most of the work went out in perfect condition. But occasionally some things happened. I worked on a Land Rover, went to lunch and came back after lunch and had rolled out in the middle of the road and cars were driving around it. <laughs> so all sorts of strange things happened over the years. Yeah. So the point is that, you know, the, the fact is that there are systems in place and that should have been prevented all those things, shouldn't it? Yes. But they're not always followed. That's what we're trying to prove. <laughs> no, not necessarily followed. It comes back to that you take some initiative, you have a job to do. The start process is obtaining the, the car. Well, if the keys are in the car, then you've got the right one. Yeah. <laughs> if that's out in, the, out in the car park, it means it must be 
Oh, it's on the road. It, it, well, if it's on the road or got the keys in it, it must be ready for service. <laughs> yes, that's yeah. right. And, and it just comes back to that now you have risk analysis, you have other ways of measuring it and enforcing that it doesn't happen. Yep. But the other thing I've got to mention, uh, you know, you say the, the, the keys were in the car. Those were the days where you could leave your keys in the car if you just walked into a shop to pick something up. You know? oh, oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, on another occasion, I was given the keys to a, to a Morris Major to repair the exhaust, went down, jumped in a Morris Major, put it on the hoist, I had the wrong car. Yeah, the wrong car. So the wrong keys started the wrong car. Oh, wow. Yeah, there you go. And I, actually, I had that. Believe it or not, years ago, I had a Holden um, car and the keys to my car started my friend's car. I could unlock his key, his door, and, and his uh, ignition was exactly the same as mine. So we just found that out by accident because one day we, we were down at a, um, on the beach and both keys were on the towel. We had left them on the towel. And so we'd go swimming and leave the keys and everything else on the towel. That's what we used to do, you know. And then I came up, just picked up the keys and went to my car to open it up. And then I realised, that's not my keys. But I'd already opened the door. And I thought, hey, <laughs> I could unlock my the door with his key and start my car. A lot of car manufacturers only have 20 to 25 sets of keys for all their cars. Yeah. I suppose now it's a little bit different with all the electronic, electronic things. and the rest of it. But it's interesting how systems have changed and things have changed. And the reason why we're talking about this is because from a very early age, you were quite entrepreneurial and you, you did a lot of things. When we talked about this other things that you started, that, like the mobile electronics tuning and stuff like that. Yes, that was Tunetronic. It was set up in the back of a van and I went to people's homes and offices and tuned their cars. Mm -hmm. And I found that good work was not sufficient in business. You had to have the presentation and there was an expectation from the customer that the mechanic was going to turn up in, in blue overalls in a, an immaculate vehicle and service their car. Mm. And at that stage... I used yellow overalls to be different and the vehicle was not sign written. Mm -hmm. But it came back to that good work is not enough to survive in business. You have to have the presentation, you have to have the, the trust of the customer and you have to earn that along the way. Isn't that amazing? Because this is what people try and do every day. They try and s try to be different and yet they don't comply with the, what people expect of you. Not only that, you have to put the ground rules in place as soon as you either accept the, the contract of work mm -hmm. or on arrival, such as payment and exactly what they want done. Mm -hmm. One thing you can't do in business is you expect a payment after the work's completed unless the customer has agreed in advance. Yes, yes, I found that out a few times. I, I, when, when I was doing a lot of uh, professional speaking and training, I uh, have a contract that I send out and... Um, they sign it, send it back with a deposit. And especially if it's months or years ahead um, or if it's travel involved and other things, then we make sure who pays for that, you know. If I've got to book it or they've got to book it and uh, we, we calculate all that beforehand, then there's no uh, bad feeling about, hey, you haven't paid me yet or when are you going to pay me or I'm standing around here waiting to be paid before I can go to the airport, you know. I think what's important to understand in business is that you do a task, you get paid, you're entitled to get paid, so make that arrangement before you do the task and everybody sits sweet. Most of the arguments in business happen by either dealing with people who intentionally mislead you or you don't have the clarity in what you're offering and what you expect in return for that. So I think clarity is extremely important so that both parties know what they're getting and what they're paying for. That's, that's so true. And, and you make it sound so simple. You know, Mark, you, you've been doing this for a long time, right? Yes. And so what I'm saying is I, when I'm talking to people and clients and, and they say, look, I haven't been paid for this job or this person didn't pay me this much or uh, last time we were talking about somebody that I found out uh, by con they've got over $150,000 owing to them. Right, and some of them are five thousand dollar jobs, and some of them only one or two thousand, and some of them only five or six hundred dollars. And the guy says, "Unfortunately, it's not worth his time to go through all the receipts to try and get somebody to go and chase him up for the five hundred dollars because if he got a, a debt collector to go and get him, he'd only get like thirty percent of it." 
No, that's not know, true. Or what a percentage do, of it or what, whatever, you know. What you do is you go through the small claims court under $12,000. It costs you about $150. Yeah, but then you've got to spend a day in court or you've got to spend the time putting all the paperwork together. And this guy says, you know, at 150 bucks an hour, it's, it's going to cost me three, four hours to do all this paperwork and go to court and do this, and it's still not worth him chasing somebody for $500. That's what he was telling to me. Yeah, so, but he didn't learn from that. If he, no. If he'd put the clarity in place of progressive payments as the work was being completed, he would have got his $500. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Something so simple. Now, Mark, look at the time. We've got to take a break. <laughs> all right. We'll come straight back and talk about those sort of things. When you hear the name Bocelli Cafe, you think an Adelaide institution, a family restaurant that's been providing the finest Italian cuisine for almost two decades. Coffee of the highest quality and staff that treat you like family. Spacious, COVID-safe indoor dining and a fully heated outdoor area. The kitchen is always prepared for breakfast, lunch and dinner. Parking's a dream. Bocelli Cafe Restaurant, 81 to 83 Hutt Street, Adelaide. Call them, 8232-3006 to book. Or follow Bocelli on Facebook and Instagram. Everyone in South Australia, five years and over, are eligible for a COVID-19 vaccination. Children aged five to 15 years require consent from their parents or a legal guardian. Wellbeing SA, along with Radio Italia Uno and the Adelaide Community Basketball Association are holding a fun education session at the ARC, Campbelltown, 531 Lower North East Road, Campbelltown, on Saturday the 26th of March. Come along and watch top class basketball and at the same time learn all about the benefits of children being vaccinated. A mobile vaccination unit will be on hand for those who want to have the jab right then and right there. And Radio Italia Una will be broadcasting its sports show, Saturday Sports Scoreboard, live from the venue. So come along to the Ark Campbelltown, 531 Lower North East Road, Campbelltown, on Saturday the 26th of March. Competition starts early, but will be there from one o'clock. Foodland's proudly owned by South Australian families like mine. Our stores are our second home, and just like home, we want you to feel safe and looked after when you visit. Thankfully, our customers have always acted like Mighty South Aussies when shopping with us, which, by the way, supports all the local family-owned brands who produce the essentials you find on our shelves. Great families, great locals, and great food lives here. Foodland, the Mighty South Aussies. This week's specials at Foodland. Mars Medium Chocolate Bars, 35 to 56 grams. A tempting treat, just 89 cents. Dr. Ertzka Restaurante Pizzas, 310 to 390 grams, only 395. And Twining's Tea Bags, 80 to 100. A terrific deal, only 560. All half price. Too much for death, last stops last. Great food lives here. Foodland, the mighty South Aussies, yeah. Hi, this is David Heath, and I'm excited to be bringing my program Soundtrack of Your Life to Radio Italia Uno. Join me Friday nights at 7 for interesting guests, some great music, and plenty of fun. It's the best way to kick off the weekend. Soundtrack of Your Life, Friday nights from 7 until 9 on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Radio Italia 1 Sito internet www.italia1.com.au Seguici anche sulla nostra pagina Facebook e Instagram Radio Italia 1 You're listening to Peter Saluno on Happy Business Radio on Radio Italia 1 87.6 FM Yes, thank you. Thank you very much and thank you for listening for Radio Italia 1 and Happy Business Radio every Monday from 2 to 3 and of course, on podcast, thank you to Ron from Podcast City. We've been talking with Mark, Mark Bott, and Mark is a very, very interesting man. And, and it's interesting because in so many ways, what he's been, uh, what we've been talking about during the break and what we've been talking about the last couple of weeks that I've been on site with Mark has been so basic, so basic for so many people, yet 
people aren't doing any of that sort of stuff or they're not trying, they're not innovative like they used to be. Like in the, in the 50s when people came to Australia, uh, the first wave of Europeans after the Second World War just became very industrious and worked and worked and worked and worked to get a house, to get a home, to, to build their dream. And Mark was just telling me how he had this dream of building a home and uh, he wanted to build a million-dollar home or what was it those days would be valued at a million-dollar-plus home. And all his friends obviously said, oh, no, you can't do that. And his mother said, well, look, if you get this job, then you can do it. So tell us about that, Mark. What, what actually happened? I had the inspiration to build a new house. I had it drawn up and I was being mocked by my friends, which didn't worry me. And my mother found a job doing asbestos stripping, which paid quite well compared to being a motor mechanic. So I applied for the job, had a telephone interview, and they said they'd get back to me nine o'clock at night, never did. So I knew where they were working. So I just went to site seven o'clock in the morning with my work clothes on, ready to start. and said, I'm here. And they said, we haven't got a job for you. I said, well, you didn't reply. What can you do? So they sent me down to the depot and I finished up working for that company for 12 years and finished up a project manager managing Victoria and, and Tasmania. So it was a very successful venture. <laughs> but the main thing was it was unlimited overtime and for the first three months I worked 84 hours a week with three days off in three months. See, that's, that's the sort of stuff that we talk about when you're working and you've got a, a plan. When, you've, you know, when you're working with a goal, then you're... <laughs> The effort's never big enough, you know, You can, and you never really worry about the effort. You just go ahead because you've got the goal, which is bigger, bigger than the effort. Definitely. But what I do is I work backwards. Look at where you want to be mm-hmm. and work out how you're going to get there. And what you have to do to achieve that, yeah. Yes, and if you've got to make sacrifices along the way, make them. And if you've got to, the first thing I did was turn off the television and not listen to the media <laughs> and make my own decisions. Yeah, good on you. Now, listen, just tell me something. When your friends were putting you down about this house that you were going to build, you ended up building the house, right? And you I, I yeah. obtained enough money to yeah. build the house, but yeah. I finished up, I purchased a completed the, house. Yes, okay. So the point is you, you, you had to plan to either build a house or, or you know, a certain style of house that you wanted, and all your friends poo-hooed it and said, oh, no, you'll never get it, you'll never get it. And then you just found an opportunity, you, you went for a job, you, you went there on site, they said, no, we don't have any work for you here. You went back to the office and worked. And started working in their warehouse and you stayed there for 12 years. <laughs> and that, like, that's, that's an incredible story. What, what it amounted to is, I think you've got to have the flexibility. I started in the workshop as a mechanic, which I was trained in that department. They had a shortage of people operating the plant, which was ultra-high-pressure water running at 10,000 PSI. I finished up working all over Australia with working on what they call hydrojets, which is triple X pumps that can put out anything up to 20,000 PSI. They can cut steel and concrete with, wow. a, with aggregate. And I met lots of people. I cut holes in ships for additional water to go through for cooling. I worked on blast furnaces, cutting through 100 millimetre of steel with uh, an aggregate. And it was very interesting, challenging, and you met lots of people. And when I worked at, at um, in the blast furnace at Port Piri, I was operating the machine, which was downstairs from the cutting unit, and I heard a, a different tone in the noise, and I shut the machine down. And quite to my amazement, the nozzle had come out at 20,000 PSI and possibly saved somebody's life. Wow. Wow. See, that's just knowing what you're doing and being aware of what you're doing. Oh, definitely being focused on what you're doing at the time. That's right. And people don't realise that if you have the correct focus, you can save injury and, and save damage to oh, the plant. I can give you, I'll give you a really good example of that. There was a guy that was working in the oil fields, up in the oil fields, earning over $4,000 a week, right, up there. That's what they were earning, out in the middle of the desert. And they fly in, they fly out. There's two weeks on, two weeks off, two weeks on, two weeks off, uh, or two weeks on, and then they have one week off, and then they go back. There's different rosters that they have. But this guy was earning over 
$1,000 a week just being out there. And the work really wasn't that hard because by the time they drive out to the from the camp to the site where they had working, it's an, an hour or an hour and a half drive. Then they sit around, they make a coffee, they have a break, they put their clothing on, they they start doing some work. Then it's lunch break and they do some work and it's afternoon break and then it's time to drive back to the depot or back to the camp. So it's not really a long, it's a long day, but it's not many hours of work. What he did is set up one of these machines that was supposed to just grind one of these um, big pipes. But for some reason, it was set up and it was going in reverse So it, because it, it can grind one way or the other. And this was set up and grinding in reverse. He just set it up, pressed a button, sat down and went and sat in the shade. And, and instead of being there watching what was happening, he went and sat in the shade um, the, the foreman came along and said, what's happening here? And he looked at it. He said, oh, you set this up? And the guy's there. He said, right, get your gear. You're on the bus. <laughs> that fast. Just that fast. You're out of here. And so many people get sacked every day. Or, you know, every week there's two or three people that for one stupid reason or another stupid reason get put on the plane and flown out. And they're never allowed to go back. And there's so many expenses that are incurred because people are not paying attention. The biggest problem is that people are not taught to manage money. They may be able to earn large amounts of money, but you'll find that there's lots of solicitors and doctors and other professionals who are broke because although they can earn large amounts of money, they can't budget, they can't manage, and they're, they're no better off. Yeah. Yeah, look, I, I, I've got a friend up here who uh, earns over $2 million a year from his practice and his uh, uh, buildings that he owns. And uh, last year he spent two and a half. His wife spent, <laughs> yeah, his wife spent more money than they earned. Yeah, very common. He, he and his wife, you know, they didn't realise. They said, how, how could that be? I earned over $2 million, you know. And the, the, they were 500000 in the red. So it was quite interesting how, you know, buying another sports car, going on these expensive holidays, and they couldn't go to Europe, so they had to go somewhere else, and they had to take the family somewhere else. So they went, you know, interstate, or they went local, and, and it ended up costing them five times as much as they thought it was going to cost them, because they said, oh, local's cheap, we'll do, we'll do that. I think the most important thing is, if you're going to work away, work as a partnership, discuss it with your partner, work out the pros and cons of whether it you can do it because a lot of people cannot work away on their own and it comes back to acknowledge that it is a partnership that, that you're in if that is the case and consider both parties not yourself you can't be selfish and work away on a two and two basis mm -hmm. without having huge impacts on your partner left behind or mm -hmm. children and this is something that should be openly discussed regularly and measures put in place so that the stresses can be controlled. Yeah, I think that's a good point. But but even, you know, wanting to work hard and wanting to achieve things, uh, so many people say, I'm working for the family, and the family says, well, we'd rather see you home. That's correct. We'd rather have more time with the, with the family, not just away all the time. And I think when you consider drug addiction, alcoholism, a and mismanagement of money, there's only a very small percentage of people finish up better off by working away compared to people who do a nine-to-five job and budget their money. And budget their money. Look, we can talk about that because I, I know when I was doing my apprenticeship years and years ago, at the end of every week I always had money left over where all the other guys used to borrow money from me, you know, 20 cents, 50 cents, whatever, to buy their lunches, you know. And, and I'd have so much money at the end of the week because everybody was paying me back. <laughs> but anyway, that's another thing. Look, we've got to take another break now and we'll come straight back after this. <laughs> How good is Mighty Joe's? They're brilliant. Mighty Joe's is the largest fruit market in South Australia. They handle all Italian small goods. And a family business. Yeah, that's right. Four decades. Joe and Francesco, they're proud to present fresh produce from local growers and local produce markets, passing massive savings on to you. And their service is so friendly. Tell me about the opening hours. Absolutely. They're open 7 until 7, Monday to Friday, and 7 until 5, Saturday and Sundays. And they have weekly bargains and specials, like nuts and fruit and veg, cold meats, pastas, and plenty more. And they've got a new shop. They certainly have. Mighty Joe's are now at 115 Finden Road, Woodville. Check their Facebook page, Mighty Joe's Fruit Market. I need some fruit and veg. I'm heading down right now. I'll come down with you. 
Do you have memories of what it would be like back in Italy? Please join Radio Italia Uno on Easter Monday for a wonderful day of Italian food, wine and friendship in the beautiful Barossa Valley. Coaches will be leaving from Newton Central and the Finden Shopping Centre at 9am on Easter Monday the 18th of April. From there we head toward the Barossa for some Italian pastries and coffee. Then a delicious traditional Italian lunch and it'll be served at God's Hill Winery at Lindock. Tickets, which include transport on a luxurious Corston coach, are just $75. To book, contact our office, 8212 3177, or one of our committee members. Spend Easter Monday in the Barossa and be reminded of home. Yo! Ciao, Armando Paradiso from Unique Stone, delivering quality stone tops to South Australia for over 20 years. Granite, marble, Caesar Stone, Unique Stone, granito, marmo, Caesar Stone, Unique Stone. Thinking stone bench tops to your kitchen, bathroom, or furniture? Unique Stone at Jacobson Crescent, Holden Hill. Call us now, 82. Double six, double two, eight zero. Unique stone. We won't be beaten. Come on, che stai facendo? Yo, chiama adesso. Hi, I'm Matt McQuinley. Join me each Monday evening from 6 to 7 p.m. for Change the World with Matt McQuinley on Radio Italia Uno. We focus on changing the world for the better by taking personal responsibility, destroying victim philosophy, canceling cancel culture, and by discussing as well as listening to each other on topics like leadership, cultural trends, beliefs, business, history, world events, and more. Change the world with Matt McQuinley on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Vuoi promuovere la tua attività? Vuoi aumentare il tuo volume di affari? Non sai a chi rivolgerti? Chiama Radio Italia 1. Il nostro staff commerciale è a disposizione per ogni informazione o preventivo personalizzato. Chiama all'82 123177. Radio Italia 1. E anche tu sarai un numero 1. Radio Italia 1. You're listening to Peter Saluno on Happy Business Radio on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much. And thank you for listening on Radio Italia Uno every Monday from 2 to 3. And, of course, Podcast City around the world. And uh, thanks to Ron. Now, look, um, I just want to say, please, please support the people that support us. If you are looking for a product or service and you hear somebody advertising on our station, go and see them because we only advertise for good people. And, of course, if you have a product or service and you're a good person, you better come and see us because we've got some fantastic rates. We are giving special rates, um, especially now, to try and help people to get their business up and running, to get their businesses a lot more business. It's as simple as this. You've got a product or a service that you want to provide or you are providing, you want to get it out to the public, come and see us. The better way to advertise is on radio and we are here to help you. Now, Mark Bott is my guest and it's been a real pleasure talking to Mark because he's he comes like, you know, they say the good old-fashioned man, you know, but... The, the thing that, Mark, the thing that I admire was the fact is, although you have done your apprenticeship as a mechanic, although, you know, ever, ever since you were a little boy, you were entrepreneurial and you were doing paper rounds and stuff like that, you did your apprenticeship, you did all this other work, but then later you actually went back to do a plumbing apprenticeship. Yes, I had a discussion with my wife and wanted to do less travel interstate and the conclusion was that if I obtained my building licence, then I could work locally, and I had an interest in pursuing that as a career path. So I went and completed a, a four-year apprenticeship as a plumber when I was about 33, received a lot of grief from the teachers, <laughs> and I was the age of most students' parents yes. when I attended. But after 12, 18 months, they left me alone and I was part of the group and we had a lot of fun doing it and I completed the apprenticeship. On completing the apprenticeship, I did follow-on training, such as working with Hebel or steel framing and other courses and then applied for my builder's licence, which I obtained 
and now I can build up to a four-storey in height buildings. Yeah, that's that's amazing because this is what we talk about: continued learning. We talk about you know not only um, you know you've you've earned a lot of money doing a lot of different things, and and you've got all these other careers under your belt, and now you've become a, a builder, and you've been working in the building industry for quite a few years now, and and I know that. Um, the fact that you can do the plumbing work and the building uh, supervising and the souping work, um, it, there's a, a bigger scope for you. Yes, and I think that the old adage of you're never too old to learn is very, very true. And whether you're 75 years old or 17 years old, you have the ability to further your career path by listening to people and learning, whether it be formal learning or listening to a person sweeping the street. Everybody has a story and everybody has something you can learn from them if you're prepared to listen. Look, the other thing that I do want to mention, the fact is after doing all this, you know, you're, you're always still looking for other things because most people think, oh, I'm, going to, I'm old enough to retire now, I'm going to retire. And at, at 50, they're already thinking of retiring, you know, <laughs> and not because they can afford it because at 60 or 65, they're supposed to retire and that's in their DNA or something, you know. But you are now starting and been researching a, a skincare product. Yes, that's correct. I, I've been looking at it for several years and it has got to a point where it will be less physical work and I'd like to use my experience in completing the research and development, working with uh, doctors and chemists to complete a product. And I did a lot of research in the marketplace in Korea, Japan, Sydney, and the, there's market saturation in certain areas. In other areas, there's, there's room to move. And I think with any business that you look at, you look for gaps in the market, and that's, that's the area you go to, try and stay away from a saturated market. But in saying that, you've got to have the, either the knowledge and the backing, financial backing, or have the financial backing yourself to pursue it because any new enterprise can be very expensive. Well, that's the thing, though. The f what I admire about you, the fact is that you're doing this never-ending learning, you know, never-ending research, never-ending... Um, you keep striving to become better and better and, and learn more and more. Well, I believe in working to your capacity, and if your capacity is to sweep the streets, be the best at sweeping the streets and work to that capacity and enjoy yourself. I just have found most challenges... I could achieve a reasonable standard and I was looking for a new challenge and I found that by researching the skincare market that it was the challenge that I, I next would like to work towards. Okay, so tell me something. You, um, What do you think inspires you the most? I mean, how can we, you know, like if we could take your DNA and, or you know, like I said, if we can put it in a bottle, you know, and and offer it as a drink. What what was it that motivates you to do these things? Was it something your mum said? Was it somebody, you know, a child thing? What's been in? What is it that drives you? I think it was coming from a large family <coughs> with no resources that that has driven me with great passion to achieve. And to achieve, not to impress. I'm not interested in driving flash cars. I would like to have a flash car, but I'd be quite happy to park it in the garage and <laughs> not tell people that I've got it. Yeah. So I have a, a slightly different attitude towards things. A nice car would be an art piece to me. It's something that I could enjoy. I don't have to drive it and show it off to enjoy it. And mm. business is much the same. I strive in business for my own challenges and my, and. I learn from the failures and try and gain from the successes. But it comes back to that my, my drive is pushing myself, pushing the boundaries for my own interest. And in a way, it's a little bit selfish because partners can, if they don't have the same vision, can suffer if somebody has too much drive in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. So the, the fact is you, you mentioned partners. I know, um, I know this, unfortunately, your, your partner has passed away because of uh, cancer. Yes, that's correct. And, um, <clears throat> you know, it's, a, it's quite a serious thing. And, and, but obviously you 
communicated with your partner. You 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 mentioned partners several times during this uh, uh, That's right. podcast and because how important it is to you. Yes, and I think that the the my wife dying made the relationship very very strong. Uh, towards the end, uh, I gained a lot of knowledge by my wife suffering. She wanted to die at home and there was a lot of pressure by the medical industry to go into a hospice and I didn't want to do that and, and I looked after her for six months and in the meantime um, I had cancer at the same time so we were both having treatments. Wow, that's that's a, a tough story. Um, and I know I didn't want to raise it but you know, now that you have, you are still suffering from that, the cancer and the fact is that you are uh, still striving to do things where well, most people use that as an excuse and say that's it I'm packing up no I think the opposite I think it's a great opportunity and I don't regret getting cancer for one second I think it's opened my eyes to life that's great philosophy that's for sure so you know I've, I noticed that you're interested in reading and you do other things what sort of things motivate you what sort of things are inspiring you now I've been growing orchids uh which I grew for my wife um, before she died. So I enjoyed the colours of the orchid. Uh, when, when my, before my wife died, she said, have a lot of colour in the house. So that's why I grow the orchids. That's great. And so uh, my main philosophy that I live with is, which um, my wife said before she died, uh, live with no regrets. Look, if more people could do that, and do it honestly, we'd have a much better country and we wouldn't have the wars that are going on right now in 30-odd different countries and especially the one in uh, Europe at the moment. This, you know, this has been a really interesting uh, podcast for me because knowing you only a short period of time, but reading and listening to you about all the things you've done, you know, I'm inspired. You know, I'm inspired and, and I'm sure people listening will be inspired. But more importantly, we want you to keep on keeping on. You know, that seems to be your motto. Uh, you know, you just keep on keeping on. You, you, you've got a major project here to, to create the skincare range and it's already ready to launch, you know. and Yes, that's correct. And I think it comes back to that when, when life gets hard, uh, work through it and learn from it and um, enjoy every day and people say to me how was your day and my answer to that is every day is a good day <laughs> i think we've got to take a break but we'll come back and, and finish on that note shortly all right at elders insurance adelaide east our mission is to provide outstanding service and superior coverage to each and every one of our clients with over 30 years of experience we treat every client with mutual respect and understanding we'll listen carefully to your specific needs and requirements in order to develop insurance solutions with a level of service and coverage you can't find anywhere else elders insurance adelaide east is a family-owned and run business with Italian tradition which is built on honesty, integrity and trust. Make an appointment today and go and see Tony and the team at Elders Insurance Adelaide East, 54 to 56 Kensington Road, Rose Park or telephone 8364 9477. We're an authorised representative of Elders Insurance Underwriting Agency, Proprietary Limited, Elders Insurance underwritten by QBE Insurance, Australia Limited. Looking for a new coffee machine for your home or workplace? Look no further than Fine Choice Coffee Solutions, your experts in all things coffee. Why not come in for a chat and a special coffee tasting? You'll find us at 264 Gilbert Street in the city. Mention Radio Dalia Uno and you'll receive a free 250 gram bag of freshly roasted coffee beans. You can also shop online at www.fccoffee.com.au where you'll find our large range of premium roasted coffee beans, coffee machines, accessories, hot chocolates, teas and lots, lots more. I'm Danielle from Fine Choice Coffee Solutions, your one-stop shop for all things caffeine. I'm Anna Faruja of Chapel Funerals. My role as a funeral director is to guide you through the emotional process of saying goodbye to someone you love. 
I'm here to help you make all the necessary arrangements so that you and your family may have peace of mind and time to remember and celebrate the life of the person you've lost. When the time comes, I'm here for you. So please call me, Anna Faruja, at Chapel Funerals on 81825100. Join me, Ron Fiedler and Karen Fiedler each Saturday morning from 9 to 10am for Talking Real Estate, your guide to real estate in Adelaide and South Australia. We'll bring you the latest local real estate news, interviews, tips and advice from property experts, plus report on the Italian property market and let you know about the week's open homes and upcoming auctions. And don't forget, I'll be bringing you my open home of the week. On Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM, Talking Real Estate, every Saturday morning from 9 till 10am. Be in the know with Adelaide's local real estate show. Ti piace la musica? Hai voglia di metterti in gioco? Entusiasmo e personalità non ti mancano? Radio Italia Uno sta cercando te. Chiama l'82 123177 e anche tu avrai la possibilità di entrare a far parte del nostro team. Radio Italia 1, diamo voce alla tua voce. Radio Italia 1 You're listening to Peter Saluno on Happy Business Radio on Radio Italia 1, 87.6 FM. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much. And thank you to all our sponsors. Thank you to all the sponsors from Radio Italia Uno. Thank you to all our listeners on, uh, um, you know, from two till three every Monday afternoon on Happy Business Radio. And of course, all those around the world that are listening now uh, to our podcast, thanks to Podcast City here in Adelaide, who makes it possible to record and uh, share it out. And I know that there's over 40 countries now. Um, I can add five more. Uh, it's been fantastic, I tell you. Um, I, when I started the podcast, I thought, yes, people can listen to it during their time. But what I'm really grateful for, and I, I really want to say this, um, a lot of students that were studying in Adelaide or in Australia um, started to listen to this podcast because of the business knowledge and the business acumens that our guests have. And uh, what happened was a lot of them couldn't come back Australia so they've been listening to this program during any time they like and uh, sharing it with their other student friends and saying did you get that message did you hear this or you know this is what I picked up from that and and I tell you um, people have sent me messages saying thank you for sharing that particular thing and I thought gee I don't even remember putting that in <laughs> you know but that, that that's what people are getting out of it but you know my special guest today is Mark Bott and Mark has been a lot of things during his life and you know he started as a very early age he was selling newspapers and delivering papers to make money he was he did an apprenticeship as a motor mechanic he worked as a motor mechanic he worked as a as a uh, doing in a van doing uh, tune-ups and stuff like that then he did uh, um, uh, stuff working in uh, the mining industry and other industries um, he's worked um, he got a after doing all that, he went back and did a plumbing um, uh, apprenticeship. You know, at the age of 30-odd, he was doing an apprenticeship. You know, he got a builder's licence. He's been building ever since and doing many, many projects. And, of course, now, um, he, when he was at a really fantastic part of his life, unfortunately, his wife got cancer. Um, he himself has cancer. Um, his wife has passed, since passed, unfortunately, and he's living with cancer at the moment. And but still hasn't given up and he's still motivated to keep going. And he's built, um, besides all the other things he's been doing, he started a skincare company and uh, working on that and ready to launch. But what really uh, inspires me, Mark, what you said was about being gratitude and how you were just saying a while ago, even off air, how so many people focus on the bad part of the day instead of the good things. Oh, definitely. Unfortunately, the the media play on that, and bad news always sells. That's a, a common adage. What I try and do is limit the news, and then forget the news, and try and live in a positive fashion. Whether it be watching the birds uh, in in the trees or enjoying a beautiful sunset, you have to make the pleasures of day. And if you listen to 
all the media and everything bad that's going on, there's no point living your life. It's just a, a destruction. So what I find is that by having the cancer and it's an opportunity to enjoy a part of my life that I may have been blind to. So I think anybody that has an obstacle in their life, take it as an advantage, learn from it yep. and share it with other people. And one of the common things that happens to me is people say to me at the checkout, have a wonderful day. And I just say, every day is a good day for me. Yes, I, I, I say that all the time. And I tell you what, the thing that surprises most people, they look in their eyes and go, what? What are you so happy about? And I, I tell you, I, a long time ago, <clears throat> a long time ago, I was lucky enough to, unfortunately, I had very close friends and a personal secretary who died of cancer and had cancer. And, and I was in the situation where I thought I could go off and get really angry or I could go off and just be very grateful. And I started to be grateful. I started the laughter clubs of Australasia here in Australia. I was one of the original clown doctors here in Adelaide. And I worked as a clown doctor for many, many years. I did professional clowning, uh, many courses on how to work with children, how to work with adults, how to work with people in these difficult situations. And that's where I've become very grateful for what I have and it's it's just so important that we can you know you smile you give away a smile that it, you get it back straight away you get it back straight away very few people will frown at you if you smile at them and when you do smile back them they say what are you smiling at <laughs> that's once you know but you say i'm just happy to be here thank you very much and they go wow i totally agree i think smell the Smell the roses, enjoy yep. every day. Yep. Look, I tell you what, today I was up in the Adelaide Hills, beautiful part of the world, and I hadn't heard a kookaburra for quite a while. Now, if you're listening to this podcast, it doesn't matter where you are in the world, look it up now. It's called kookaburra. It's the Australian kookaburra, or it's called the kingfisher bird. Kingfisher bird. But it's called, in Australia, in Adelaide, it's called kookaburra. It's, I'm not even sure how to spell it. So I'm not even going to try. But it's a bird that laughs. It actually laughs. And when you hear it, you won't help. You can't help it but laugh as well. Look, thank you very much, Mark. Thank you for coming in. My pleasure. It's been a pleasure having you here. It really has. Ron, thank you for recording. And thank you to everybody out there listening to us. Until next time, arrivederci. Goodbye and thank you very much. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Happy Business Radio with Peter Salerno. Catch our show every Monday from 2 to 3 p.m. on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM.